Hello there, I'm Nick, and I play Uchard Bebenberg. Now, I just want to take a quick minute before this week's episode and let you know that we've noticed quite a few new listeners for our Tyrant's Grasp AP that we're running currently. Now, if you didn't listen to our first AP, which was Skull and Shackles, and I mean, honestly, if you haven't, you really should go back and listen to it. But, assuming that you haven't done that already on your own, one of the things I wanted to let you know about is that we do a Call to Arms event. Now, what the Call to Arms event is, you go to our Facebook page, Inspired Incompetence, you go ahead and you smash that like button because, you know, you're enjoying all of our funny, witty, delicious antics every week. And then what we do is at different stages, so the first stage was 250 likes, our next stage, which we are coming up on, is 500 likes, we pull a random name from all the people that have liked the page. Now, the name that gets pulled, we send you a free spell book from our friends at Elderwood Academy. They are these beautiful, wooden, handmade, mini-looking spell books. And they have these nice leather wraps on them, and they're inlaid with very well-made designs on the outside cover. And when you open the book up, inside... There are different compartments for things like your dice, maybe your minis. One side of the opening is like a nice little dice tray for you to roll on. These things are great. They're absolutely beautiful. They're the type of thing that when you go to your game and you pull this out, everyone at the table is going to look at you and go, what is that? That thing's awesome. And we're going to give that to you for free. The best part about the Call to Arms that we do is let's say you like the page and we do our 500 raffle. And then the next time we do the raffles at 750 likes, if you didn't win on the 500 raffle, you're automatically re-entered for the raffling at the next level. So basically it's just an opportunity for us to give a little thank you back to our listeners. They're great, great, great items that, everyone's going to want. If you want to take a a closer look at them, definitely pop over to Elderwood Academies, check out their webpage. They offer some really cool, unique tabletop accessories for games and stuff. So just wanted to give you new listeners a little heads up about that. So get over there, take the minute, check out our Facebook page, you know, hit the like button, You know, tell your friends to go do it, your significant others, your kids, your grandma, you know. The more people you get there to like that page, the more often we're going to be giving these books away and the more likely you're going to win one. So, yeah, just wanted to give you new listeners a heads up about that. And I'll uh, stop occupying your ear hole time and let you enjoy this week's episode of Inspired Incompetence, Tyrant's Grass. The Inspired Incompetence Podcast is brought to you by Starving Man Dinners. Half the food, half as often. How's everybody doing? Hungry. Pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm hungry. Hungry? Did you just enjoy a starving man dinner? Enjoy is a strong word. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's not <laughs> no, the right No, but I did word. have one. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. All right, uh, so let's see. Last time uh, we uh, left off with... Uh, Rogiar just about to make a pot shot at 
this uh this caterpillar who's really not bothering anybody. He's alive. That's bothersome. <laughs> yeah. All right, you Rogiar, let's see what you got. That is a 16 to hit. A 16 will hit his flat-footed AC. It takes 8 bludgeoning damage as a blast of air crashes into it. All right, he definitely felt that. Why don't we all roll initiative? Rogiar. Uh 14 by Piera. 21. Very nice. Father Crow. 11. And Uchard. Five. Okay, up first is Vipira. So Vipira's going to move uh, 15 feet. And so then Vipira's going to give a little bit of a yeah with a uh, with a rapier. Alrighty. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that looks like a natural one, Vipira. That's, that's a natty one. Go ahead and uh, roll to confirm that fumble. Uh, 20. 20 will not confirm the fumble. Okay, up next is the Caterpillar, who is rightly pissed and is going to take a five-foot step uh, off of the uh, the fixtures that it's currently climbing on onto the floor. And it's going to go ahead and take a bite at Vipira. That's a 15 to hit. Does not hit. Okay. And so it, 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 takes, a, it takes a bite of Vipira, who dodges out of the way, and then the, the thousands of needle-like bristles covering this caterpillar are gonna make their own attack rolls. That's a six to hit, which doesn't hit. But that also reminds me, Vipira, I need a reflex save from you. Does a 13 make it? 13 does make it. So Vipira oh, runs oh, oh, up oh. to the caterpillar and gives a nice hearty thrust with her rapier, ultimately missing, but coming in very close contact with some of this caterpillar's red bristles. And just looking at them, they look dangerous. Uh, and you avoid getting stuck with any of them. Oh. So, good for you. Up next is Rogiar. All right. Rogiar is going to step forward 15 feet so that he can get a clear shot at the caterpillar now that it has moved. Okay. And he will take another shot at it. Uh, but that's going to be a seven-day hit after the shooting in the melee penalty. That's a no. Yeah. Okay, Father Crow. Father Crow is going to enter the room and move south of the Elias. So I'm going to stay a space okay. away from the creature. And I am going to throw my dagger at it. Ooh. Oh, okay. A 21 to hit. 21 will hit. Three damage. Okay, very good. It rears back and and releases a very uncaterpillar-like roar in pain. Up next is Thelias. All right, I'm gonna teach this toothbrush who's boss. Five step forward, shovel time. You got it. Twelve will not hit. Oh, okay. Well, I'm out of ideas. And uh, go ahead and give me a reflex save. Oh no. Ooh, that's an eight. Okay. But like a really solid eight. You know? Yeah. Even though you didn't actually make contact with this thing, the needle-sharp bristles just protrude so far out from this creature's body that you still get skewered by one. Go ahead and give me a fortitude save. Oh, I just gave you a reflex save. You want a now fortitude? I need a fortitude save. Uh, 19. Oh, okay. make you sorry you ever asked for that. I'm so sorry. All right, well, you avoid, uh, you avoid the poison that comes out of this bristle. It would be poisoned. Okay, up next is Uhtred. All right, Uhtred's going to move up 
Uh, Uhtred, if you want to get in a flanking position with Viper, you're going to have to acrobatics or else provoke from that movement. Uh, yeah, no, fuck the flanking position, then. <laughs> okay. I have a bad taste from the last time I Uhtred acrobatics past somebody, and that's a six to hit. Six won't hit. Give me a reflex save. Ah, oh, that damn dagger. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. <laughs> Pick up Father Crow's dagger and swap with him. Maybe his works better. <laughs> uh, reflex save is an 18. All right. Uh, you're able to avoid getting poked. And we're back to Vipera. Those uh, little spikes on its skin are definitely a little bit scary. So, uh... so get more up close and personal and just start slashing at it with your claws. <laughs> uh, she's just gonna jab it with a rapier. Okay. Ooh, does a twelve hit? It does not hit. Give me a reflex save. A twelve? A twelve makes it. <laughs> I'm playing with fire. All right. Uh, let's do it again. Uh, All right. Go oh. ahead and stick your hand in that fire. Tom. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stick my hand <laughs> right in there. Does a seventeen hit? Yes, it does. Five damage, and I'll make that reflex check gladly. You better. 18. 18 is gonna get you. You're good. Okay, uh, this creature looks like it's on its last, the last of its multitudinous legs, uh, but it's gonna take another bite at Vipera. That's an 18 to hit. Yep, that hits. Well, my D6 uh, brought its A game today. Oh, no. Uh, Vipira, this thing clamps its mandibles around your torso, and you take eight damage. What? Oh, my God. And here come the bristles. It's a 14. Does not hit. Okay. Ooh, that hurt. That actually hurt. Yeah, I bet. Blood is probably dripping down Vipira's armor right now as Rogyar uh, steps up to bat. Okay. Um, to pitch. Well, let's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about pitching, but I can shoot a blast of air at it and try and save this uh, girl who's slashing at things for me. It's like me using my computer duster to scare away a nasty spider because they spook me. <laughs> uh, but that is definitely not going to hit. That's a total of a three. Ooh, man. <gasps> And minus four is a killer, and that wouldn't have yeah. hit anyway. So, yeah, Rogiar trying his damnedest not to hurt any of the, any of his companions. Uh, all of his shots are just going wide. Uh, that brings us to Father Crow. Father Crow shouts, "Let her go, you scuttling monstrosity!" Then Father Crow rushes forward five feet and attempts to stab this thing with his short sword. A six to hit. Six will not hit. Give me that reflex save. Twelve. 12 will do it. Oh, Thalias. This whole time I've been squaring this thing up. I've got my tongue on the side of my mouth trying to, you know, close one eye, take aim. I see my opportunity and I shovel. 21. Oh, 21 will hit. Nine damage. Oh my God. Nine damage will kill that caterpillar. Give me one oh. last reflex save. What? But it's dead. Masterful swing, Thalias. 19. Oh, you're good. <laughs> An even more masterful dodge. And I thank Father Crow for his valiant efforts in battle. I thank everyone. I start to go on a tirade about, uh, you know, slaying monsters and how it's good to be back as a paladin and, and this and that. 
until someone cuts me off because I'll I'll just stand here talking about. Oh no! I, okay. We'll let you I go. I keep feeding into it. I'm boosting your ego. I'm right. You're just so powerful and amazing, Thalias. You can stand in front of any danger for me. It does feel My that hero. way. You know, I've been out of the game for a while, and boy, having a team around me, we're good, aren't we? We're good. Now, what can't we handle? The four of us and Vipira. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Who is currently doubled over, clutching her yeah. side? <laughs> I, I say that purposely because I'm realizing how you know much damage she just took. Blood running down about. her claws. Yeah. Okay. So maybe we can attend to her now. All right. What do you guys do? I, um, I look through my bag to see if I still have a healing potion. Well, Vipira does have I her think own. Vipira yeah, has one. I, I do have my own, uh, but I. Don't want to waste the, the medium. Uh, I mean, that's, I all, we that's all we got mediums. left. Oh, that's all we have right now. Are you going to save it or are you going to use it? So it's 2d8? 2d8 plus, plus three. three. Oh, that fills me right up. All right, we're good. Like barely. Uh, it was max 11, is 10, so yeah. It fills, 11 it, damages. Yeah. So that all eight right. was 80% of your life? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Rogier wants to go check out that uh, that sword that was... Hanging among the, the ornamentation. Ah, yes. And Father Crow is going to grab his dagger before he forgets that. Okay, Rogiar, you, yes, you go inspect the sword that is embedded in these plates. Um, and actually, anybody who wants to give me a knowledge arcana check. Eight, two, ow. Ooh, natural twenty for twenty-eight minus two for twenty-six. God damn. Dang. Wow. Crushed. Nice, you true. The uh, the plates are actually formed in roughly the shape of a bull, and Uhtred, you would recognize that specifically is in the shape of a gorgon, uh, and you know that that is a magical beast, a bull-like creature made of interlocking plates. It has the ability to uh, exhale a, a petrifying breath weapon that turns its targets into stone. Okay. And what's the deal with the sword? Yeah, so Rogar, you get to the sword, and it is a, you pull it out, no problem, and it is a long sword, and it appears to be coated with alchemical silver. Ooh. So this long sword will count as silver versus uh, damage reduction. All right. I, uh, yeah, I pull out the sword, and I look around to the rest of the group. I go, hey, we've we've got the, uh, we got the long sword. It seems to be coated in alchemical silver. Anyone need a, a temporarily silver longsword? Yeah. Daddy likes silver. Let me take a look at that. I hand it over. I hold it up to the sky like a Highlander type. <laughs> do I look awesome? And what do I know about this sword? You have the power. It's coated with alchemical silver. So if you come across... <laughs> it's a real <laughs> shitty shovel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you come across any creatures who have damage reduction overcome by silver, this would be a very good weapon to pull out. Okay, um, but do I look cool when I hold it? Oh, you look, you look, you look amazing. The sword looks cool. You not so much. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, he is wearing Roslar's breastplate. That probably cuts a pretty nice figure. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. All right. So, what do you guys do now? Let's call the Celadon. Yeah, Father Crow will go to the uh, bottom of the stairs and. Okay, three. We're ready for you. You dealt with the monster upstairs. Yes, it's been expertly handled. Good, good. Uh, 
You have my thanks. Mostly. Like, right, I point at Vapira. You have my thanks. Hey, that monster was a caterpillar, right? Let me let me take a look. And three comes into the room and kind of peers around the corner at first and beholds the the body of the the horned caterpillar. Says, "Yes, that's it, right there." Uh, I I only I only saw a, a blur of it, but I would recognize the blood red coloring anywhere. Okay, just wanted to make sure because we're fixing to go through this door here, and uh, yeah, you know anything about this door? Uh, beyond this door is the grand hall. Is the the first the first room visitors would uh, would be met with upon entering Roslar's tomb? Uh, to my knowledge, uh, the that's only... good enough for me. I start opening the door oh, while okay. he's giving me uh, instruction on what it is. Yeah. Says so to my knowledge, the only uh, the only contention you'll face beyond this door is the rest of my kin. So Thalias opens the door, and the walls of this wide room are covered with murals depicting a man performing a variety of heroic tasks, driving a sword into a fearsome metallic bull, defending a village from a scowling specter, delivering an an impassioned speech to several knights, and so on. The man has a large mustache, who you recognize as Roslar, and long flowing hair, and wears a breastplate adorned with the symbol of a winged rapier. The western end of this room contains an enormous statue of a man atop a rearing horse, carrying a lance in one hand and a shield in the other. Hallways exit this room to the north and south, on the eastern end. Both immediately bend to the east, and a door stands in the southwest side of the room, opposite where you come in. Hey, uh, doesn't this guy kind of look like me? I pose next to, uh, the heroic deeds. Uh, definitely missing the amazing mustache that Roslar has, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But other other than the mustache, I mean, there's a certain presence that both the statue and and uh, Thalias have. Yeah, you should work on growing a lip ferret. Yeah, you think that would work on me? Maybe I will. I think you could pull it off. All right, all right. <laughs> grow, grow a good old soup strainer. Well, call it what you will. Okay. Uh, what do you guys do next? I turn to three and, and ask, hey, 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 three, wh- which way gets us out of here? Uh, three points eastward and says both of those hallways uh, go out and lead to opposite ends of the entrance hall. And what about this door across the hall to the south? Uh, three says, oh, that leads to the font, a place for donations from visitors. It's where they keep all the words. There might be things in there, but I'm not about to steal. Uhtred's not about to steal from Rustler's tomb. More than he already has. <laughs> well, yeah. he the, says that was three it, magical that was dangling it, from his neck. That, yeah, in all fairness, that wasn't stealing as much as it was finders keepers. Like, I feel like yeah. we earned that. We <laughs> solved no... the riddle. We didn't just stick our hand in the collection jar. Yeah, there's no law against Grave Robin. Uh, Don't is say that, that near Thelias. I am the law. No, I'm the law. You're a grave digger. Okay, so what do you guys do? I think it's time to leave. I agree with Uhtred. Okay. There's a north and south hallway. Let's split the party. That always goes good. (laughs) Yep, I will follow wherever Thalias and Uhtred are going. Well, since I want Uhtred going through every door first, I'll let him choose. You you want Thalias going through every door first? Yeah. All right, Thalias. Pick a hallway and let's get out of here. All right. Let's try. And I start walking while I'm looking at three, motioning that I'm going to select this north one. Does he give me any indication? 
like a nod or a, like a subtle thumbs up. I mean, he already told us that's the way out, yeah. Yeah, or like a goodbye or anything, no? All right. Well, three's going with you. Oh, perfect. Okay, the hallway immediately bends to the east, and then after a short stretch, uh, bends back southward, and a grand metallic double door stands in the east wall of this chamber, while hallways exit to the north where you came from and the south. A statue of a proud knight with flowing hair and a large mustache stands in an alcove in the west wall, atop a short pillar bearing a metal plaque. And you see two creatures standing in the chamber. I look back at what's-his-name? The guy who said this place was, uh, at you three. Know, clear? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's-his-number? Three? Three, yeah. Yeah, well, he said that there were... He, he had kin beyond that door. Oh, he did say that. So yeah. these are good guys, then. Well, okay. he, he also warned you that they would likely treat you as intruders just as he had, but he will attempt to vouch for you. So these two creatures, uh, these two Celadons, uh, see you coming, and they each draw their short swords, and they say, Intruders, not another step. Uh, At ease, one, two, four, five, or maybe six. You. It's me, <laughs> Thelias. You, we- you wear Roslar's armor. Grave robbers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Grave keepers. And Grave keepers, not robbers. At that point, three emerges from the, uh, the southern hallway and says, Brothers, what they say is true. I know not how they got into this tomb, but they are merely trying to leave. Please let them pass. And, uh, Thelias, why don't you uh, make a diplomacy check? Three's going to assist you, and uh, if anybody else wants to uh, pipe up and add their own uh, diplomatic dialogue, please feel free. Hold the line. 20. 19. 21. Nope. That's, uh... So, Father Crow added dialogue to his assist. If Everybody who is silent is not rolling to assist. Oh, uh, then... I don't know if this is necessarily diplomacy, but, like, I feel like it might help out a little bit. Listen, we just came to get out of here, and just like number three back there... I am not afraid to hurt you. I want to get out. That's definitely intimidate. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. definitely intimidate. That a fair, that that's totally fine. Uh, that that Tom, that is what Vipera would say, and I'm not faulting you for that. But that is definitely intimidate. Do you want me to roll intimidate, or are we just rolling diplomacy at this point? I mean, you can go ahead and make your own intimidate check, but it is not going to uh, modify or alter the diplomacy going on. I don't think I would actually make that roll. It would just be more along the lines of like, I'm just stating facts right now. And I'm like, I'm kicking rocks off to the corner, like really pissed off. I'm doing damage control on this, uh, on this previously bleeding crazy woman that we've got running around. Okay. So Uhtred, did you add anything? And Rogiar? Yeah. Rogiar didn't add anything. He's, he's in the back. He has no idea what the hell's going on up there. I thought okay. Thelias was very diplomatic and was just like, oh, well, I'll keep my mouth shut so I don't yeah. mess this up. <laughs> okay. So Thelias got a 20 after the minus four. Uh, Father Crow assisted, and so did number three. Uh, so that brings the total back up to 24, which will be enough to make these two Celadons stand down. Nice. Uh, and so they, they both draw their swords and they say, go then. 
maybe this will be the end of the intruders on this place, and we can finally bring order back to Roslar's tomb. Hmm? What was that, what was that last part? I say as I'm, you know, ready to leave, but also now... Hmm? Roslar's tomb, of course. You, you wear his armor. Surely you know who Roslar is. Yeah, yeah. I know who he is, but what's, uh... Are you saying there's more people like us? And I sort of point, you know, to the rest of the group? Or, like, monsters? We are referring to the creatures below who have infiltrated this tomb and seek only death and destruction upon us. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, we dealt with most of those guys, right? And I look back at the team, sort of nodding along like we did a good job here. I, I return your nod, as in yes, we did. Or at least we cleared the path from here, well, to here from those tombs we woke up in. Yeah, what about those tombs? And now I'm sort of back on the, how did we get here sort of thing with the door right in front of me. I mean, I'm ready to walk out that door, but if these guys have any more answers, I would like answers as well. Yeah, do they react at all to uh, Father Crow saying the tombs we woke up in? I mean, they're, they're they're pretty perplexed by this whole situation, and they just look like they're ready for you guys to go. They say, please, just exit this tomb and let us rebuild and restore this temple to what it once was. Yeah, fr- from the back, Rogier's kind of like hopping from foot to foot and looking around <laughs> Father Crow's shoulders. I can see the like, door. Let's just get the fuck <laughs> out of here. <laughs> can, we, can we leave Maybe or do we, we have to go. fight something else? No, let's, let's go. I do like a hands together you know prayer like nod to these uh to these three and uh i say well well we'll be seeing you Ruggier's like almost like pushing from the back like okay let's go let's go <laughs> yeah i'm out of there so thelias leads the way as he uh as he pushes open these heavy double doors and that's gonna lead us to a flashback oh all is dark We can perceive only the chill of the early spring wind as it blows past us, carrying a haunting whistle. As our eyes adjust to the dark, rows of somber silhouettes begin to bleed through the blackness, most of them only a few feet tall. They stretch across our vision and out into the night, where they fade into oblivion. Gravestones. In the distance to our left, we can see the twinkling lights of street lamps and the glow of blazing hearths through windows. We're in the graveyard at the southern end of Roslar's coffer. A soft light approaches, and the gravestones seem to come to life as their long shadows stretch and twist with the movement of the light source. A man enters our vision, lantern held aloft, with a sheathed sword at his hip. He wears his hood down as he holds his light out to various headstones, appearing to inspect them. With his hood down and lantern held out in front of him, we have no trouble recognizing the handsome face and wavy golden locks of Thelias Baker. Thelias places a hand on a gravestone, as if consoling a friend. We made it through another winter, eh? He takes his hand off the stone and moves on to the next one, where he kneels down and rubs a blemish clean with the heel of his hand. We'll see when the ground thaws, but it looks like we don't have any major damage to worry about, huh? Thelias continues moving through the rows of gravestones, touching things up as he goes. We follow him through his rounds, He stops at a modest headstone, its slate-white color only apparent in the warm light of the lantern. An identical stone sits only feet away, next in the row. You won't be alone much longer, Mr. Stewart. We were sad to see her go, but as soon as this earth softens up, you and Maggie will be together again. Thelias turns and proceeds with his rounds, 
the gravestone shadows continuing to reach out away from the lantern light in a haunting fan of repose. As he marches on, a figure can be seen, standing among the graves, several rows over. Thalias doesn't seem to have noticed the figure. Indeed, it would be nearly unseen if not for the cloying shadows shifting and crawling over it as they move with the lantern, like so many blankets in the coldest of nights. As Thalias carries the lantern farther away from the figure, it's almost completely out of sight when the gravekeeper suddenly stops. His eyes are wide open, and he stands completely still. The figure can still be seen over his shoulder, several dozen feet away, likewise unmoving. The wind shifts, and the bordering trees begin to sway and dance as their branches whisper into the breeze. With it, the whispering wind carries a sudden and powerful scent of spices. Thalias turns around, slowly, unblinking. He lifts his lantern high over his head, dampening the shadows, and just barely outlining the figure. It appears to be a woman, but it's hard to tell for sure. Thalias swallows hard and takes a breath. Who, who is there? The figure doesn't move or respond, though the longer we look at it, it appears to be facing away from Thalias and us, toward the back of the cemetery, where Roslar's tomb stands. Thalias takes a hesitant step toward the figure, then another. Hey! Who are you? The figure remains still, and quiet as the grave. Thalias continues his cautious approach. Finally, we're close enough to see enough details to discern the back of a hooded traveling cloak. A twisted staff protrudes up from the shoulder of the near silhouette, and something that could be the pommel of a sheathed sword sparkles dimly in the torchlight. At the sight of what could be a weapon, Thalias stops. Hey! I I'm warning you now. If you're trying to scare me, well, let's not do anything stupid in the dark, okay? I'm, I'm armed. Thalias draws his sword to punctuate his threat. At the sound of Thalias' sword being drawn, the figure finally moves. It turns to face him, slowly. As it turns, the strange aroma of spices seems to intensify, as does the volume of the creaking, whispering trees. Finally, it faces us properly. But instead of a face, we can see only some sort of lacquered wooden mask beneath the cloak's hood. Thalias takes a step back, not expecting to be unable to see the figure's face. He raises his sword in a faltering attempt to hide his nerves. Who are you? What do you want? The figure does not speak. It again stands perfectly still, now staring directly at Thalias, its silence more intimidating than any show of force. For what seems like minutes, the two stare at each other, Thalias slowly suffocating in the silence. His sword arm droops. Then the figure turns its head. It's a quick motion, as if something had grabbed its attention. The figure's paralyzing gaze falls on the distant twinkling lights of Roslar's coffer. Thalias has but a moment to turn his head as well. He doesn't see anything that might have distracted the figure so suddenly. Then there's a sudden bright green flash. It's impossible to tell where it came from, creating no shadows whatsoever between the gravestones. The next moment, all is dark, and the scene ends. And Thalias finishes opening the door, expecting, probably, to see the graveyard uh, on the south side of Roslar's coffer. Instead, the landscape outside the tomb is bathed in grim moonlight. Dead trees adorn pale, rolling hills, each of which is covered with gravestones that march away to the dark horizon. The moon above is impossibly large and looks down upon you as a glowering skull. Roslar's coffer what? 
is nowhere in sight. Uh, in the gods? God, where are we now? Anybody who wants to can give me a knowledge planes check. I, I think I'll skip this one. <laughs> That's a natural 20 for a 19. Instead of making the check that will answer the, the question that I know. specifically <laughs> has been trying to figure out. You can use a hero point to re-roll a skill, right? Like a, a d20 roll? Yeah. Hmm. You can also use it to add a plus four after you've rolled. Yeah, so, so that's what I was debating. Like, I rolled an eight on the dice. So I'm like, does it make sense to re-roll or to add the four to it? Can I roll better than an eight? I guess in this yeah, case it's Statistically, 12. yeah. Well, technically I have to roll better than a 12, right? Because I'm debating whether to add four to it or re-roll. Right. It's like right on the line. I have faith in Uhtred. I Okay. So I'm going to use a hero point to re-roll my knowledge. No! <laughs> I rolled a nine. Uhtred, you've got no clue where you are. Father Crow, you do. With a 14, you know that you are in Phrasma's Boneyard, the land of the dead, where souls come from all over the multiverse to be judged after they die. This is, this is Phrasma's boneyard. How, I look around to the rest of the group. How did we, the boneyard? How did we get here? Wait, what do you mean the boneyard? What, what happened to Rossler's coffer? Like, my son was there. What, what's going on? I don't, I don't know. While this is all weighing on us, I just sort of pull up a seat on, <laughs> near no. the uh, exit, thinking that, you know. If I stand, I'll probably pass out. Was that knowledge planes role like to decipher where we are? Like having Father Crow say the boneyard would we like is the boneyard well known throughout like Galorian? It's it's one of the most it's it's one of the better known uh, planes probably. So uh, are there like basic things we should know about the boneyard that like everyone knows? No. Like how many HP it has. <laughs> I mean, I think he already so, told us that because he told us it's where, you know, all of the souls in the multiverse go when they die to be judged. What I like, will I think say, that's pretty much the common knowledge. Okay. Yeah, that's that's what you, that's what anybody here would know with a DC-10 knowledge planes check. Uh, gotcha. It's just certainly not something that everybody in the world knows, and a lot of people go their whole lives not knowing that there are other planes of existence. Uh, but with a 14... Father Crow does remember learning that other planes of existence can have their own alignments. And based on what that alignment is, it can uh, it can really weigh on the psyche of a visitor if they don't match that alignment. Uh, with only a 14, Father Crow doesn't know exactly what that means or what alignment the boneyard is but that would point him in the direction of what this distracting uh, force has been ever since you all woke up this minus four or minus two penalty that you that most of you have on your mental skill checks I think the boneyard I think being here is why we've had well trouble thinking the hum or whatever you want to call it so had trouble we're thinking? on the wrong plane it's full of its own energy, an energy that we don't represent. 
It's does also this... full of us who don't belong here. Well, mm. does this mean we're dead? I don't I feel mean, dead. I mean, we woke up in a tomb, so maybe. Ushert's gonna check the pulse in his neck. Does he feel it? Yeah, he feels a pulse. Well, I still have a pulse, so most likely we're not dead. So that means we shouldn't be here, right? We need to, to find someone that can help us get back. Like, uh, Yes, I imagine not too many mortals visit here. Father, you're a man of the gods. Any clue? I just know that souls come here to be judged. I don't... I'm not quite sure what does the judging, but maybe that's our way out? Well, what do you know of Phrasma? That may lead us to a clue to figuring out how to get back. Give me a knowledge religion check. Crow got a, a nine. It's a two from Thalias. Uh, 19 from Uhtred. 11 for Vipira. Never heard of her. I mean, you've all heard of Phrasma. Father Crow, Uhtred, and Vipira, you know that Phrasma herself is known as the Judge of Souls, and indeed she judges a fair number of them. Uhtred, you know that there are... There's a, a very rigid hierarchy with Phrasma and her psychopomps, who are uh, the outs- the race of outsiders native to the Boneyard. Many psychopomps are actually minor judges uh, underneath her that judge the more uh, mediocre, uh, more straightforward, less complicated souls. And then there are more and more powerful and uh, long-livid psychopomps who would look at cases that are a bit trickier to judge. And then for the truly uh, puzzling ones, Phrasma herself will, will, will ultimately judge where a soul goes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't those... Didn't three mention that they she was working or conjured by the psychopomps? Maybe we should start with them. Memory serves they're supposed to be almost like mini judges of souls for for asthma. Ooh, that might be exactly it. If they can help us get back, I'm all for it. Well, does anybody have any ideas on which direction we should go? I look around. Are there any landmarks or anything? You don't see any. It's just it is just rolling hills up into the horizon, and you know maybe there's uh, landmarks or like more uh, populated valleys, like in the dips that you can't see from where you are. But like it is just rolling hills as far as the eye can see in all directions. And indeed, uh, who uh, uh, Father Crow would actually know that the boneyard like most of the planes, is infinite in size. Oh, that's that's not a good answer. <laughs> it's going to take us forever to go from one to two. Literally, forever. <laughs> no indication of water. Not seeing we it. got that wand of create water. Well, I was just thinking civilization by water. Right. I'm thinking of surviving. <laughs> I mean, I like graveyards, but not like this. This looks like a ton of work. <laughs> This is the perfect place for you to lead the way, though. I was just yeah. going to make a motion for that. Once uh, I'm done um, sort of letting the gravity of it all <laughs> sit me right down, I'll stand up and shrug and should we start moving? I think uh, we have to. I mean, where? Where do we even start? I uh, put my finger in my mouth, hold it up to the air, feel a breeze, 
in whichever way that breeze, breeze is I create blowing. a breeze around his finger. <laughs> I, f- I follow the way he's blowing the breeze. <laughs> okay. Anybody who wants to navigate this place can either give me a survival check or, I don't know, like a profession gravekeeper check. Oh. After penalties, Crow got a 15. Uh, Rogier got a 16. Is this still a minus four? This is a wisdom check for me. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's a uh, an 18. Eight, 18. So with, with no real indication of where to go, you guys just start trudging. Before we start actually trudging, it's nighttime? Yeah, that's another thing. Like, you don't... There's no... Uh, there's no north. Like, if anyone was fortunate enough to have, like, a compass, it wouldn't function here. There's no stars to to guide you. There's only this giant moon hanging over you in the shape of a skull. There's no sun to, like, rise in one direction and set in another direction. You really have no natural indicators on where you are and where you should be going. And the longer you trudge through this graveyard, the more apparent that becomes. Alright, well, Uhtred, while we're trudging along, will um, make it a point to be looking for any kind of water. Like, he'll be, you know, kind of listening with his ears for running water of any kind as we trudge. trudge. Anybody else have any actions of note while traveling? Just no. uh, generally keeping an eye on all the gravestones and grave markers, see if they tell me anything, one, and uh, using them as sort of like a Hansel and Gretel breadcrumb to get back here if I need to. All right, so with with all that behind us, uh, you guys you guys keep trudging, and hours pass, and eventually the the travel starts to wear on you, and you probably start looking for a place to set up camp. You come across one such place after about five hours of walking in a small valley. There's a, there's actually a break in the uh, monotony of gravestones, and you see a, a very run-down-looking stable next to a, a tree and well. Ooh, maybe there's water. Or at least some shelter for the night. Well, all right then. Keep a sharp eye out, Elias, if you see anybody alive or moving down there. We'll alive. Do. That's <laughs> that's funny. I guess you make a good point there, Rogiard. We might be the only living things in this realm. Well, I'm about to fall over, so I guess this is as good a spot as any to to rest up for a bit. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so uh, you go down to the stable, and you can check the well for water, but uh, it appears dry. Of course it is. Uh, the stable is not quite it's it's not super big it's about 20 by 30 feet you peer inside and there's two empty stalls where horses might might stand the doors to the stalls uh hanging limply open and there's a a loft over your heads what do you guys do rogier immediately starts climbing up to the loft sure uh you find the ladder on the uh the western wall of the uh the stable and uh come up to the loft you, you see two windows, Rogyar, up in the stable. Uh, one is on the north wall and one is on the east wall. Okay. Uh, is there anything else up here? Like, is there, like, straw covering the floor? Or is it just, like, you know, a, basically a wooden platform with a couple windows? There's straw on the floor. But, All right. Yeah, it's, it's very it's very bare. Okay. Well, I'm going to use my uh, aerokinesis to gather all of the straw into a pile that I can use for 
some kind of like bedding or at the very least a pillow. We don't see any other structures off in the distance from this. No. It's just a uh, random stable plopped out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, you've seen uh, like a, a random mausoleum here and there, but yeah, this is the first non-grave-like structure you've seen. The first sign of any sort of inhabitant here, too. Right. Like, this is the first sign of that there might be someone alive here, not just tombs and gravestones everywhere. Question, does the well have, like, a bucket? I know the well itself is dry, but is there a bucket? Yeah, that's how you were able to uh, find out if it was dry or not. Okay. Well, like someone said earlier, we do have that wand of create water, and now we have a bucket that we can fill with water. (laughs) Also, how long is the rope connecting the bucket to go down the well? Because we might want that, too. Not a bad question. Uh, I'm, I am I just looked it up and it says, in general, private wells tend to range from 100 to 500 feet in depth. So let's go with 100 feet of rope. Okay. Nice. Uh, I'm going to... Uh, Uhtred is going to measure out best he can that in the 50 feet sections and cut it. Sure, that's simple enough. And then, uh, I don't know, whoever else wants 50 feet of rope can take it. Uh, Uhtred's going to take one of the halves. I'll take some rope. Can I do a, uh, while they're doing that, can I do a pass around to make like a perimeter of this place? I mean, I assume we came up to it from one direction, but I want to go yep. sort of maybe a hundred yards or so, just like around the whole place. Sure. Uh, go ahead and give me a perception check. 13. Uh, okay. You do a, you do a pretty decent perimeter check. You don't see anything, uh, you haven't seen anything since you left uh, the tomb. Uh, that, yeah. And you just appear to continue to be Wow, this is really bringing me down. <laughs> <laughs> Thelias is like, you know, in his armor, like ready to, you know, he felt accomplished leaving Roslar's tomb with his adventuring, you know, I mean, buddies now. And then this? And now this again? And more of this? God damn. This feels terrible. Uh... I, I want to go to sleep, I guess. I mean, is it... Am I tired? I feel like I probably am. Yeah, you guys are probably exhausted after... So you woke up, fought for your yeah. lives for probably a half hour, and then proceeded yeah. to just walk up and down hills for the next five hours. All right, yeah. I'm just going to go back inside and lay down and close my eyes and hope this hope I wake up somewhere else. Before Thalias actually, like lays down and closes his eyes. Kind of when, once everyone finishes at the well and gets back in, Uhtred will um, say, I think we would be well served if we had watches while some of us slept. Watches for what? Exactly. We don't know. I say, in despair. I can take last watch. Okay. I uh-huh. will take first watch then if you all want to get some shut-eye. You guys would hear Rogiar softly snoring from up in the loft already. So it looks like we've got Uhtred, Thalias, and then Father Crow doing watches, correct? Yep. Yep. Okay, so Uhtred, why don't you give me a perception check for your watch? Four. You detect absolutely nothing, which doesn't strike you as odd. I imagine uh, Uhtred's also very tired and kind of like doing the, uh, like leaned up against the side of a wall and kind of slowly nodding off and catching himself and like snapping back up Mm -hmm. and just kind of like fighting hard to get through his shift 
So, Uchra, your watch proceeds with no issues. Thank God. I wasn't going to see him if they did. So I imagine you go and wake up Thalias. Yeah. I'll go over to one of the stalls where Thalias has pushed together a nice little bed of straw and hay, and I'll reach down and kind of shake his shoulder and say, Thalias, Thalias, get up. It's your watch. I attack. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wake up, and I'm sad, and I thank him. And I go on my watch. Uchard will <laughs> fill uh, the now vacant <laughs> depression in that stall that the Elias left. Okay. I go uh, around looking at gravestones. I would kick rocks if there was any rocks. There's not but even. But not any. in a disrespectful there's, sense. Just, you know. There's not even any rocks to kick. Perfect. Uh, why don't you give me a perception check? Yeah, why don't I? Joe sounds as well, deflated as the lies. <laughs> yeah. Probably more so than Uhtred. The lies is probably focusing on the just the lack of anything there is to even be alert for during this watch. There's no wind rustling trees. There's no sounds of uh, nocturnal creatures. There's no crickets. It's just silence. Every once in a while, he probably hears like a a snore or a murmur from one of his companions, but outside of this stable, it's just nothing. And uh, that's the end of Thalias' watch. I trudge back, wake up the next guy, and fill his uh, depression. (laughs) Thalias, you you look really down. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you, Father Crow. This sucks. I want to go home. I miss everything. I just can't stop thinking about we'll never see home again. Anyway, it does feel that way. All right. So before we get to Father Crow's perception check, having been so Father Crow's now up for the day, essentially. Uh, So with that, Father Crow, as well as everybody else, once they wake up, feels pretty level two all of a sudden. Ooh. So uh, let's talk about that. We're going to just briefly go over... Any new abilities, uh, spells, any anything of note that might make their character just a little bit better than one level prior? Who wants to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So I rolled a fat uh, eight on my D10, so I got a huge boost to my hit points. Very good. I got some new skills. I got a pure of mind skill or ability, I should say. It's a plus four sacred bonus on saves versus charms and figments. Uh, so bonus on my will save equal to my charisma mod. Um, so that should be pretty useful if those effects pop up. I'm going to totally miss me with that, with my plus four. And that specifically is from your archetype, correct? Yeah, I took that oath of chastity, so no banging for me, and instead I get plus four sacred bonus. I think that's a fair trade. It's to, uh, it's to, to fight off any, uh, any harlots, any nymphs that might try to seduce you. Oh, that's cool, actually. That makes a lot of sense. And uh, then I got Lay on Hands. So uh, as a standard action, I touch a creature to heal them for 1d6 per two paladin levels, which level two is just one. So 1d6, and it's a swift action on myself. So we healing now, boys, not just potions anymore. Hey, magic healing, we got it. Yep. Uh, And uh, yeah, so that's a very useful in-combat heal that uh, makes paladins a very good frontline fighter. They can just swift action heal themselves. It's not a whole lot, but hey, uh, a D6 It's enough is a D6. to keep you going in a fight. Yeah. Yep. 
All right, cool. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. So for Rogiar, level two came with two new, I guess, abilities that Rogiar gets to, to play around with some wind a little more. Uh, he gets a defensive ability called Enveloping Winds, which anytime I take burn uh, from that point on, I can kind of toggle on and off this like little windstorm around me that would deflect or help to deflect ranged attacks that are coming at me. Um, and on top of that, for my just kind of general wild talent, I took Air's Leap, which allows me to always treat myself as if I had a running start when making an acrobatics check to jump. It's not only that. Yeah, anytime I roll acrobatics to jump, I jump twice as far or twice as high as the result of my check would indicate. And then I can accept a point of burn to double it again for a total of four times what I should be able to do when I for what I roll. Um, that sounds amazing. Team. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I'm hearing is next time uh, Rogiar needs to run into the next room because a mite is flinging acid at him. Instead, he can just fucking jump into the next room. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. But yeah, that is what Rogiar got at second level. All right, very cool. Uh, who wants to go next? Uh, I guess I will. Well, there's not really much to kind of go over. I took weapon finesse or uh, weapon focus uh, claws. You were able to take a feat? Uh, I used uh, the rogue's combat. You rogue talent? Yeah. So I replaced the rogue talent with a, uh, with a battle feat. All right, cool. Uh, who wants to go next? Utrid, max rolled health, got him at a pretty respectable 20 overall, and then Utrid also added two first level spells to his spell book, and those are Swashbuckler's Parry and Shocking Grasp, and then for second level, Utrid got Spell Strike, and Spell Strike is whenever... Um, I cast a spell with the range of touch. I can deliver that spell through my weapon that I'm wielding as part of a melee attack instead of a free melee touch attack normally allowed to deliver the spell. If my melee attack is successful, the spell goes off, off and I also deal weapon damage. I, I do have some bad news, though, uh, with that spell, Swashbuckler's Parry. Uh, it looks like it's... It's from a book called Adventurer's Guide, which is not one of the books that uh, that we use. You got scrammed. I did. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so yeah, that's a good uh, a good point. Uh, that's a good moment for me to say that for my campaign, any campaigns that I run as the GM, I actually have a specific list of books that my players are allowed to use uh, to build their characters. It's a fairly robust list I think but they always still seem to try to sneak stuff in from other books that are not allowed and I almost always catch them unless they uh try to unless they use uh like I don't know Windy Escape uh, which is from a, a legal source but not from the race that they're playing alright who wants to go next so uh Father Crow didn't have much to add to himself this level, which is good because I'm going to continue being a naughty boy and remain coy on y'all. 
But I will say, he's sitting pretty with 20 HP. Oh, beefy father. good. Yeah, good roll on his HP. That's all I got. I'm going to remain coy, like I said. All will be oh, revealed. I, I really didn't get to add much, but... All right, so uh, Father Crow, why don't you, why don't you use your uh, level two perception check, and uh, we can go through your your watch. All right, Father Crow got a four on his perception. That's not very good. Now some of you were not at full health when you went to sleep. Yes, and, uh, Father Crow. So you, you wake up for your watch, uh, which should, in all accounts, leave you with a full night's rest. And you would have expected to feel a little bit better after waking up. Maybe some of your wounds healed up a little bit. Uh, that is not the case here. None, you have not regained any hit points for resting. You've regained hit points from, from the level up. But uh, as far as like Father Crow's injuries that he sustained, it's as if he sustained them you know, an hour ago. He has not healed over time. Okay, so... <clears throat> Father Crow, you're the one that got pretty good on your Knowledge Planes check the day before. So I'm actually going to add that after experiencing this phenomenon, it will jog your memory. And you remember that the Boneyard is a timeless plane. That means that for several things, time does not flow. And that includes natural healing. So as long as you are on the boneyard, any healing that you do must come from magic. No way. This whole time, this whole space. That, that is so rough. Now, how does that work with my burn? Your burn is a metaphysical injury. So that does heal after an eight hour rest. Okay. That would be too much. Yikes. Okay. Father Crow, I'm going to need a will save from you, please. Oh no. 20. All right. Uh I would like a will save from Utrid and a perception check from Father Crow. 7 for Crow's perception. Uh 14 for Utrid's will save. Okay. Uh I would like another perception and will save from you two, please. Come on, guy. Uh, I got a 13 on my will save. Okay. I got a 2. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, one, one more, please. 13 from Father Crow. 21 will save. All right, uh, Uhtred, you wake up feeling pretty dizzy, pretty weak, and you you hear this, this strange grinding sound, and you look down, and you see a creature latched onto your leg. This grotesque, crimson, worm-like creature has a circular mouth full of fangs, a pair of segmented tentacles sporting razor-edged ridges from the sides of its mouth. And this is not a tiny creature. This creature is about the same size as you, and it is, like, coiled around you, and it is currently, looks like a leech sucking the blood out of your leg. You Well, it's nice knowing you. You oh, are things close to me. You are currently oh boy. you currently have three constitution damage. Oh my god! From that leech? Oh my god! Everybody just roll initiative. Just now? Oh my god! Uh, well, that seems appropriate. <laughs> All right, Vipira. Vipira got twenty-one. Rogiar. Rogiar got an eight. 
Father Crow. Crow got a 10. Elias. 20, baby. And Uhtred. Uh, I rolled a natural one for a three, which <laughs> oh, seems seems about right. Sure, yeah. <laughs> there, there's an Uhtred-sized leech on my leg. Like, I wasn't going quick. <laughs> yeah, you just wake up and your first reaction is just staring like, What the hell is this? Elias, get in here! Uh, am I... S- Am I sleeping right now? Yes, everybody was sleeping except Father Crow, but with Uhtred's shout, uh, everybody is woken up. Every Everybody who was asleep is currently uh, prone. Up first is Vipira. Vipira, upon like hearing like screams and shouts, you could kind of just imagine like uh, she gets on like all fours and starts crawling towards where the screams are like really quick. And then, like, hops on her feet. I know that's, like, mechanically, like, she has to get up kind of thing. But, like, you could just imagine yeah. the the motions sure. that she goes through. Yeah, that's fine. I can imagine that. All right, so you got 30 feet of movement. She goes to where the screams were, uh, specifically from uh, Uhtred. So you get to here, and you, you behold this monstrous leech-like creature. What? What is that thing? Get I it don't... off! I have no idea what it is. Uh, up next is Thalias. All right. Well, Thalias is going to try and actually help by standing up. And uh, what's my action economy here? Well, standing up is a move action. And then I can uh, five foot step a Yeah. And then I can attack. Yeah. I mean, were you, were you uh, within arm's reach of your shovel when you fell asleep? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> a gravekeeper is never far from his shovel. <laughs> you left it up. You left it up in the loft where it belongs, right? Yeah, no way. <laughs> and now I'm going to take my action action to shovel for right. 11. 11 will not beat this creature's flat-footed AC. Well, I look down and see that I did no damage and um, hope that we've got a plan B. With uh with that this creature releases its uh, it's fanged grip from Uhtred's leg, and it looks up at Vipira and Uhtred, and just... <sighs> it's then going to... Uh, it's going to go for a, a bite attack on Vipira. That is a 21 to hit. Yeah, it hits. That's 8 damage. Ow! And does a 14 beat your CMD? Uh, it's 13. So it, it's going to grab you. Uh, it's going to follow through with two tentacle attacks. Oh, no. Uh, that's a 10 to hit uh, and that... a 16 to hit. I forgot. Does 16 hit? Uh... If it matches, it hits. I think it matches. Yeah, I think it matches, too. You're looking at your character sheet. Does it match or not? It matches. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Vipera is going to take another five points of slashing damage. Oh, no. <laughs> from this thing's razor-tipped... Razor tentacle and uh that's gonna leave a a pretty bloody wound and you're going to uh that'll lead to some bleed damage on your turn oh my god and uh viper is gonna take one constitution damage oh no all right uh so then it's father crow's turn crow is going to run in the building how bad is vipera looking like bad bad (laughs) like she was not expecting to wake up and for some leech to hop on her and like once again she's already bloodied up uh within six seconds 
Father Crow runs up behind her and says, You made me tip my hand just a little early. <sighs> and I put my hand on the Vipira's back and cast Cure Light Wounds. <gasps> oh. <gasps> a gasp. Oh, the holy Crow. man can heal? Is that crazy? What? Well, he's been holding out on us. Oh, yeah. This is the right. first time he I've done anything has. magical. Interesting. All right. So I guess I just assumed that wow. you would heal since you're a priest, but then you haven't. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> so that's right, so how be... much does Vipira heal? Four. Still okay. just cure light wounds. It's not that amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's something. Okay. Uh, now it is Rogyar's turn. Okay. He wakes up and he hears this commotion happening almost directly underneath him. And not quite knowing, obviously not knowing what's going on, he sees that there is a little walkway on the far side of the loft. And almost instinctually, he's going to jump over to this corner. Uh, And I got a 13 on my acrobatics check, which with my new ability treats it as a 26, which is more than enough for that movement. Sure. And then kind of catches himself when he lands there, not expecting, you know, to be able to jump like that. And then he looks down seeing this creature and instinctively just shoots a blast down at it. Like, well, he had to spend a move action to stand up first. Oh, right. Okay. Then, yeah, the standard action was was jumping over to the corner to, to get a better vantage of what was going on. And, yeah, I guess that's my turn. Okay. That brings us to Uhtred. Alrighty. Uhtred's going to stand up. He's going to take a five-foot step. Well... Is this this isn't thing isn't on the same square as Viper, right? No, it is okay. still technically in that square. Also, uh, you're gonna provoke when you stand up from this thing. So let me get that. Nothing I can do first. about that. Just lay there. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ten to hit. No, thank God. So its its mouth is a bit preoccupied right now. So it just kind of sends one of its scythe-like tentacles slashing out at Uhtred, who manages to uh, sidestep as he stands up. Okay. I'm going to spend an arcana point to make my dagger a plus one, and then try and stab this guy. And I'll say... How do you like it, you abomination? For fuck's sake. What is going on? Why can't I fucking hit anything? Man. (laughs) So that's a six to hit. All right, so that is a miss from Uhtred. Although, now that everybody can see this creature, anybody who wants to can give me a Knowledge Arcana check on this thing. Uh, Okay, so what did everybody get? 25 for Uhtred. 17 for Crow. Uh, 14. 11 for Thelias. Okay, so Father Crow, Uhtred, and Vipira know that this creature is called a Kycherik. They're blood-sucking scavengers that hunt in the boneyard. Father Crow and Vipira can each ask one question, and Uhtred can ask two questions about these creatures. I'd like to play the HP game. Okay. 20. Higher. Ruh-roh. Does it have any DR? It does not have DR. Is it weak to anything? It is not. Does this thing have any resistances? It does not. So then up next is Vipira. I, I don't even have my rapier. I'm just going to attack twice with my claws. All right. 12 to hit. 12 does not hit. And 16. 16 does not hit. What the hell? What? Oh, no. I don't even have movement anymore. 
Fuck. Nope. I, I'm going down. Elias. Evil. Evil has no place here. And I smite evil. Very good. So that's a 20. 20 will hit. Excellent. And what was that to my damage? My level? Yeah. All right. I just leveled up too. But unfortunately, I min-rolled, so seven. All right. This thing takes seven damage. I was not happy about that. Do anything with your move action? I scowl at it menacingly. So getting struck with that shovel and feeling that extra burn from being smoked, this creature releases its grip from Vipira and sends another hissing roar at uh, Thalias, and it's going to attempt to uh, to grab him. It releases its grapple on Vipira. Uh, that's going to be a 21 to hit, Thalias. Yeah, that hits. You take four damage. Ugh. And does a 15 beat your CMD? You are the strong boy. I think mine's it a does 13, not. yeah. All right. Uh, so then how is an 18 versus your AC? That matches. Uh, so that hits. Uh, you get hit by one of its tentacles. The other one gets a five to hit, so that one misses. So wait, I took four damage. Is yeah. there more you're saying? Yeah, so it, bit, so it bit you, uh, failed to grapple, yeah. and then two... Yep. Two bladed tentacles come whirling at you. One hit, one miss. And one hit for... Four damage. Four damage? This thing is just a whirlwind of teeth and blades. Yeah, this thing sucks. This all sucks very much. <laughs> I want to go back to my uh, coffin. Back at the back to the start. Father Tuck Crow. Tuck myself in. Father Crow. Father Crow says, Iomide, watch over me. Steps forward five feet swings at the worm monster with his short sword. Alrighty. Ugh. An 11 to hit. 11's not gonna hit. That's it for my turn. Uh, okay, Rogyar. Okay, um, crap. Rogyar's gonna shoot a blast at this thing, but since you're firing from an elevated height, I'll say that this creature doesn't have a cover bonus versus your ranged attacks, but you are still firing into melee. Right. Yeah, I need to roll really, really high in order to hit this thing. Yeah, and that's not going to do it. That's uh, that's a five. All right, yeah, five's going to miss. But I am going to stay in the safety of the loft. Well, the relative safety of the loft. Okay, uh, Uhtred. I, <laughs> there's nothing else Uhtred can do but use this fucking dagger. Ugh. <laughs> I don't even... I, I, just, I just want this dagger gone. <laughs> Throw it. Well, no, I, I don't need to give myself any more disadvantages. <laughs> All right, Uchard, very, very deflated, is gonna keep trying to hit with this dagger. You bastard! You goddamn bastard! Oh, it's a, oh, a natural. Man. It's a natural one. Oh wow! God. No. Roll to, roll roll to confirm. <laughs> Watch, this is going to be stupid high now. Yeah, 20 tip. It's a shame you didn't confirm. Sorry, Nick. I almost wish I did confirm it and was like, oh, you dropped the dagger. Like, yeah, stay there. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're Vipira, you're up. (laughs) Uh, She going to do double claws. Okay. Uh, And she's still flanking. 13! 13 won't hit. Oh my god. She breaks a nail. Wow. That's a natural one. Natural one. 
Oh, roll to confirm. Jesus Christ. I feel like every battle we've had so far after uh, what's its name has turned into <laughs> constant. cursed us. Yeah. <laughs> it's just constantly purple. You gonna roll to confirm that? Uh, 18 to confirm. 18 will not confirm. Oh, man. All right, Elias. All right. You know it continues. has to be done. Yeah. Yeah. Move aside, ones. It's time for a <laughs> not natural 20. Thank God. That'll hit. And I will deal eight damage. Okay. Elias remains the only one to deal any damage to this thing. This thing's still up? Yeah. God, all well, right. Well, uh, the and- menacing glare continues uh, and, in fact, intensifies. Okay. The feeling's mutual, and this thing is going to continue to uh, singularly attack Thalias. Oh, he's just making me mad now. That's an 18 to hit. Uh, yeah, that, well, that ties, so <laughs> that does hit. Yes. So that's going to be five damage. Uh-oh. Okay. And then... Go ahead and put some uh, critical health music in here. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> and that's a 16 versus your CMD? Uh, No, that that won't do it. Okay, here come the tentacles. No, send them somewhere else. That's an 8 to hit. No. And a 19 to hit. Oh, 19 <laughs> hits! <laughs> Alex, no. what are you doing? <laughs> but who will bury him? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thalias takes five points of damage. And he falls unconscious with oh, a negative no. one. Oh, so this this thing is just ripping through you guys. Just bite, 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 slash, slash, slash. Thalias falls over. It's okay. It's the only the only person that can even hit this thing. We're alright. We got this. <laughs> Father Crow. No pressure. Thalias! No! And he's gonna wildly swing his short sword again. The worm beast. Trip 20. Okay. Trip 20. Uh, well, or a six to hit. Six is not going to hit. Okay, Rogyar, save us all. Uh, once again, from the safety of the loft, I am going to uh, take a pot shot at this thing. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> and a two is not going to hit. Uh, yeah, there's not much I can do when the thing is just surrounded by, you know, things that I'm trying not to hit. Yeah, that's all I got. Uh, so that brings us to Uhtred. Do something. <laughs> Come on, Uhtred, you got this. Man, there, there's a huge part of Uhtred that just <laughs> wants to climb over the wall of this stable and fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame they didn't make it. But but he pushes that feeling down. Remembers he he's a guardsman of Rustler Coffer, for God damn it. The shame we are bringing to that great man and swings his dagger. And swings his dagger. Yes! I don't even care if it doesn't hit. A 17. Plus 2. 19. Plus 3. 20. Wow, I really timed my way to that. (laughs) 20. 20 to hit. 20's gonna hit. Yes! 4 damage. Uh, Uhtred, like can't even keep a smile off of his face like it just comes through so much frustration like all right very good uh vipira you're up vipira is freaking out but like i'm having the time of my life like me personally this is (laughs) this is way too funny uh all right uh she's gonna go for two claws okay 
<laughs> Let's go. 25. 25 is going to hit. Three for the claw and then one for the sneak. All right. She's going to do it again. 17. 17 will hit. Oh, buddy. Five, uh, five from the claws and six from the sneak. That, that's more like it. 11 damage from Vipira. 15 total. Very, yeah. very good turn. Was it Was it a really good turn? <laughs> yeah, really good turn, but not like... <laughs> not the turn. No, this thing is still up. Oh my Holy god. Holy shit. And it is its turn. Yeah, of course it is. And, and it's going to face towards no, no, me, no. right? Wait, no, first it's Thelias' turn. Go ahead and give me a constitution check to uh, stabilize, buddy. Ugh, woof. All right. Oh, no! <laughs> no! It doesn't get any worse if I roll a natural one on this, does it? Well, any, fail, fail. any failure, you lose one more hit point. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll just take the minus hit point then. All right, so what are you minus right now? Two. Two. All right, uh, and Thelias is going to uh, bleed from his most recent uh, tentacle wound. Wait, what? I didn't know about that. Thelias Can I spend an, an unconscious hero point? So the hero points are spent by you, the player. You could re-roll that one. Me, the unconscious player, or me, no. the... You, you, the player, is are Are you unconscious, Joe? <laughs> I don't know, am I? I don't know <laughs> where Joe, I am. Which way is up? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't want to die, so... A hero, dying with a hero point seems like a bad idea. So, so if I can spend a hero live. point to, prev- you can yeah, spend to prevent it. myself from dying, so I might can, do that. So you can spend a hero point to re-roll that constitution check. All right. You literally do can't it. do worse. Let's be a hero. <laughs> can't do worse. 18. Hey, stabilize. Yes. And what what does that get me to? Well, Full you health? don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, you stop losing hit points. Okay. Unfortunately, perfect. you then lose four hit points from the bleed. <gasps> really? Oh. After stabilizing, I lose four hit points. Does he? Yeah. He stays stabilized. After though, my right? hero point, then I lose four hit points. Yeah, you're still stable. No, he's, though. he's not. No, he's not stable. He took more damage, so he's he's not stabilized anymore. Is that how that works? I'm pretty sure. Somebody look that up. Woof. Woof indeed. Woof, woof, woof. Speaking of woof, well, uh, it's hold on. What did what did the bleed damage take effect at the big first thing at his beginning of his turn? Nick, I think you're right. So I think the 18 that he rolled would still stabilize him after that bleed damage. It would. Uh, however, that bleed damage is going to tick every round. Yep. So can we he's... force a potion down his throat? Yep. As a standard action, you can force a potion down an unconscious creature's throat. Okay. All right. Uh, but first, we got the Kaicharic, who is uh, extremely pissed off at Vipira, and it turns its fanged mouth back to her. <laughs> I turned to Father Crow, and I'm like, be ready. <laughs> That's a 19 to hit. Yep. <laughs> That's... You're on your own, child. <laughs> You take seven points of damage. Oh my god, I'm at one. Imagine having one hit point. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) If I could have one hit point, I would be so happy. (laughs) And uh, that's a 14 versus your CMD. Oh shit, what did I say it was before? I'm way too slow. I think it's a 13. 13? (laughs) Oh my god. And uh, its tentacles are going to lash out at Father Crow now. That's a 14 to hit. 
and another 14 to hit. And its turn is over, uh, causing Vipira to take one more point of constitution damage. Ooh. Which is going to drop her. Is it? Because that's your second point, so you're going to lose two maximum HP. Yep. Oh, no. So that'll drop you to negative one. Father Crow. He's going to keep swinging. Okay. This thing has to die. Could Father Crow five foot step, like, to be standing over Vipira's unconscious body? Or is that still considered an occupied square? Yeah, he can do that. Okay. I'll get in with, uh, get in place and... Oh, I hit uh, 14 after the bonus for Four, flanking. 14 doesn't hit. I am going to use my hero point to add four. Oh, so that's a total of 19. 19 damage does it. Oh my well, God, be a hero. Five 19 damage. to hitch, yeah. Okay, five, takes five more points of damage, and it looks pissed. Oh my god. I was really hoping you were going to say D. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, this thing is still up. It's a beast. Uh, oh my god. And it's now Rogyar's turn. All right. Let's take another shot at this thing. God damn it. That's a six to hit. I Mulligan. Shit, yeah, dude. See, my, my problem is like, I need to roll at least a 15 or 16 to hit this thing. Yeah, its AC is really good, and you're firing yeah. into melee. Yeah, like <sighs> this is just a perfect storm of like Rogiar is useless. And now it is Utrid's turn. <sighs> okay, this thing looks like it's hurting. It is definitely. Yeah, hurting. I'm trying. I was just trying to do the math. Okay. Also, I I did look it up, and yeah, taking any damage while unconscious, even if you're stable, brings you back to dying and unstable. Alright, so uh, Uhtred is, uh, is going to spend his last hero point to add a plus 8 to this attack roll. He, okay. He needs to die now, because next after me is uh, Thalias, right? Yeah, so Vipera and then Thalias, and then this yeah. creature. So this, yeah, after you go, this it's going to be this creature's turn. Yeah, this thing needs to die right now. So I'm going to add the plus 8 from the hero point to this dagger roll. Alright. Which is getting another plus three from flanking and being a plus one. So Uchard's going to look over, see Thalias on the ground, literally bleeding out. See Vipera right next to him, literally bleeding out. And go, I am Uchard Babbitbur, guardsman of Rossler Koffer, and you will not meet our inn like this. And he rolls a natural 20, motherfucker. Oh, my God. <laughs> no way. No way. LOL. I'm not sure well, add, I confirmed Add your plus it, eight to the confirmation roll. Oh, well, that's going to be a 22. That confirms, buddy. Give me the crit card. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so we have, since you're using a dagger, you have options here. You can do either the piercing or the slashing. Lay them on me. I'm assuming you're going to want the piercing, just looking at these quick, but piercing is... Double damage, so the the normal crit damage, and the target can take only one move or standard action next round. That's called Painful Poke. The slashing one is called We've Got a Bleeder, which is normal damage, so non-crit, and 2d6 bleed damage. Holy shit. In my opinion, opinion, that one is actually the better one. Yeah, do the d6 bleed damage, would they go into effect at the very beginning of his upcoming turn? Yes. Yes. Yeah, then I'll take that one. 
So we've got a bleeder, so that's normal damage. Alright, so uh, Uchir does three damage from the dagger, and then... And then on its turn, it'll take the 2d6 bleed damage. Yeah. So from Uchir's eyes, he like swings and he puts a big gash in it, and he goes, A taste of your own medicine! And... <laughs> He'll take a four. Wow, what a shitty damage roll on that. So four, four bleed damage. So Uhtred slices his dagger at at this thing. Gets it, gets it pretty good. In retaliation, this thing whips its head around again, and and lunges at Uhtred, and Uhtred is splattered with this thing's blood, and it just, and this thing just hits the floor of the stable, dead. I'm blood covered. Gonna make my way over to Elias and start searching for the potion that's on him. And I'll say, uh, Father Crow, quick, find Vipera's potion and see if you can get it down her throat. Vipera uh, already drank hers. Wait, what? Yeah, oh, yeah, she did. Vipera yeah. already drank hers. All right. Well, uh, <laughs> so who has the last potion? Elias. Uh, Father had? Crow. Oh, yeah. okay. oh boy. The, wait, it's not that. Oh wait. yeah, Father Crow has it. Oh, you have it. Okay. So hold on real quick, because uh, that's the end of that. So Uhtred's got a move action after that, so we can get over to Thalias. Next turn is Vipera. So Vi- uh, Vipera, give me a constitution check to stabilize. A 17. Okay, so Vipera stabilizes and uh, isn't going to lose any hit points. Thalias, though, you're going to take some more bleed. You take another four points of bleed damage. Now give me a constitution check to stabilize. <sighs> And if you fail, you lose another hit point. 18. How many hit points are you negative right now? <laughs> Nine. You lose another hit point. Oh my God. So now why? you're at negative 10. Thalias. Why do I lose that hit point? Because you didn't stabilize. I didn't stabilize with an 18. No, because you're negative 19. The DC is 10 minus your negative hit points. Holy crap. So yeah, Thalias probably looks white as a sheet. The, the hay and the floor is just stained red with his blood. Before that procs again, Uhtred is able to find Thalias's potion and pour it da- uh, into his mouth. Uh, meanwhile, Father Crow, uh, are you going to let Vipera die or are you going to give her your potion? She's stable. I will give her the potion. All right, so Father Crow, go ahead and uh, roll 2d8 plus 3. 12. Very nice. Oh, Vipera hops yeah, up. Uh, S- same thing for Uhtred. Roll that for uh, Thalias. Yep. Yeah, what happens if I don't get healed 10? Well, the magical healing automatically shuts off any uh, bleed. Oh, okay. And stabilizes you. So it was uh, two fours. Plus three. So uh, Uhtred oh, heals 11 points of damage and wakes up at one, one hit point. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> There's one a, round away from absolutely dying. I, that, I don't think I could have made the save. There's Guys. that one hit point you were wish you had. <laughs> yeah, wow, <laughs> I would be so happy. <laughs> so happy. Guys, that that bleed, it was 1d4, and I just kept fucking rolling fours. <laughs> Brutal. Brutal as fuck. Jesus that Christ. That was insane. That was nuts. <sighs> okay, so you guys are kind of recovering from this. Uh I'm sure that was a very shaky uh, wake-up call. No kidding. And uh, yeah, that thing started out with giving me three con damage, and my thought process was like, "Oh fuck, I am so screwed. This sucks." To wow, I made it out the 
best out of that. I mean, uh, technically that was me, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rogar up in this loft. Yeah, so two of you didn't get take any damage, and three of you just got massacred. All right, so you guys are kind of picking yourselves up from that. How did that even sneak in here? Or was it already in here? And I start looking around. It's the least of our concerns now. I start to... It kind of concerns me. Well, it's it's a concern because whoever was on uh, whoever was on duty missed it, or we missed it while coming in here. Well, I imagine if there was anything else in here, that commotion certainly would have stirred it. And right now, I think we should get Elias not looking like he's about to collapse again. And that's when you all hear a voice. And the voice says, Oh, isn't this a meeting of obvious fortuitousness? And we'll see you next week on the Inspired the Incompetence Podcast. What are you doing? <laughs> see ya. No. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.